thank God for his blessings, huh, saints? If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. And we're going to read two verses. Paul says, I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Why, Paul? For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. And if you read in the book of Acts, when Paul was in Ephesus, people there worshiped the god Diana. And they had festivals, and thousands of people came. And Paul reasoned with them. And he talked to them about their books of sorcery and all of that stuff. And talked to them about their God, Diana. How that he was not the true and living God. And so what happened, everything broke loose. And although it was a great door of effectual and opened unto Paul, he incidentally says, and there are many adversaries. But his passion, the emphasis of his heart, his mind, was not on the enemies. The enemies were incidental. And there were many enemies and many adversaries. But his focus was on the opportunity to do something for God, to win souls, to plant a church, to see the kingdom of God furthered. And you know what happened. They went crazy. When they started burning all their books of sorcery and magic and all that, and people were getting converted to the Lord Jesus Christ, all the people who were making money and hustling all these people because of their idolatry and their darkness and their ignorance, they all started to go out of business. They went crazy. You see, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ will shut down darkness, will shut down the devil, and will shut down all evil. Paul believed that. Paul's desire and passion to save souls and plant churches and to seek first the kingdom of God in spite of all the enemies. It was something to behold. What a text for a new year. For a great door of opportunity is opened unto me and there are many enemies. All Paul saw, his head was so in the clouds, all that he saw was seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All that he wanted to accomplish in life was to achieve more things, achieve more things for God's glory. that were many, that were threatening him, that were wanting to kill him. Focus 
was on God and the things of God. And if this world can get you and I to remove our focus from the things of God, from seeking for the kingdom of God, at all the tremendously against us, we are not going to walk through doors. In the midst of trials and tribulations, doom and gloom, to shine for God before. Listen to how the Amplified Bible describes verse 9. For a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me with great and promised benefits in spite of all the adversaries. When we think of adversaries, we think of the drugs, we think of drunkenness, we think of this, we think of all the adultery and all the fornication and all the cursing, and, and we think of, about those kinds of things. But there are many adversaries today, and there are new adversaries today that are invading America. They're assaulting America on every side. And there are all kinds of adversaries. The gender benders, the woke gang, the politically correct squad, the cancel culture brigade, they have muzzled. They have shut the mouths of millions and millions of people from speaking out against all their nonsensical, earthly, sensual, and devilish lies. And let me remind you, God is not the author of confusion. The devil is. And there are so many things out there working against us. There are so many people working in companies and corporations. There are so many people teaching school. And they have been muzzled by the enemies and will not say a thing about God or even indicate that, uh, anything about anybody that might imply racist. There are new enemies facing us today like never before. Why? Why are there so many enemies? Because Satan has been loosed out of his prison. A spirit of fear has fallen upon America like we've never seen before. And few are willing to stand up. Believe me when I tell you, few are willing to stand up against all of this nonsense and all of this darkness. I want you to look at Revelation 20. Satan has been loosed. I want you to see something. Verse 1, And I saw, John said, And I saw an angel. He didn't see a literal angel. He saw the ministers of the seven churches, the pastors of the seven churches, the messengers who've come down by a divine call and from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. What is the key? The key is the word of God. 
You remember when Jesus came into uh, uh, Caesarea Philippi? He asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And some said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, or you're Elias, or you're Jeremiah, or you're one of the prophets. Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And, Jesus, and, and Peter spoke up and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom, the word of God. And John says the same thing. A ministry, a divine ministry came down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a chain in his hand. What's a chain? A chain is what binds people. A chain is what holds people. You remember Legion? They chained him, but he broke the chains because he had the devil in him. He had a legion of devils in him. What binds the devil? You can't bind the devil. He's a spirit. The only thing that can bind the devil is the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. But because we've taken prayer out of our schools, because we've uh, become a post-Christian uh, culture, because we no longer have time for God or the things of God, what's happening? Satan is getting loosed. Wherever the word of God is preached and the spirit of God is working, the devil is bound. He can't get away with all the things that he wants to get away with. Thank God we have some weapons that we can use to fight the devil today. And we have power through the Holy Spirit, through the Word and the Spirit, to bind the enemy of our souls. But we have to admire the courage of Paul and the apostles who believed with all their heart that the gospel was the power of God unto salvation and they preached Jesus Christ and they told their culture Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You try to preach that today with all these enemies I just mentioned and they'll try to shut you down, they'll try to muzzle you, and they'll try to discipline you or fine you or imprison you or beat you because they don't want to hear it. And millions of people, preachers included, believers everywhere, are not saying a word for fear that something will happen to them. That's the culture that we're in today. There are open doors in every life. There are doors that lead to the highway of holiness where greater usefulness and spiritual discoveries can be found, doors to greater power and achievement in the kingdom of God, doors that open to make us humbler and holier, 
God just keeps opening doors all the time for the church. You go through the entire gospel day, plus 2,000 years now, there were seasons, there were dips, there were high places, there were low places. But God was continually opening doors for the church. But unfortunately, the world takes us through mood swings, which we allow too often our opportunities to look like barriers and walls instead of achievements in the kingdom of God. But let the Apostle Paul encourage us all today. What a text. What a wonderful text. And when we stop and we look at the Apostle Paul and we see the kind of life that God called him to, I don't know of anybody outside of Jesus Christ that was more persecuted, more hunted, uh, was more beaten and uh, left to die here and there, but they couldn't shut him down because he had an insatiable appetite to do something more for God. Could it be that our opportunities for God look like barriers because the world has captured our hearts for its things instead of the things of God. But either way, there are never open doors without opposition. You want to get closer to God? You want to go higher? You want to do more for God? Every door that opens up, anytime you want to go higher, you are going to encounter opposition. Either way, opposition is going to meet you. That is why so many blessings are missed and so many barriers are left unscaled and so many chapters of victories are left unwritten in the lives of thousands of saints. Some of the best preachers and some of the best and finest teachers and evangelists and some of the most successful soul winners and some of the best singers and workers and helpers are those who never went through their open doors. God opened the door for them. The opportunity was there to go higher, to do something more for God, but they let their mood swings, they let their enemies, they let all the situations around them cause them to back out. And some of the best preachers and the best evangelists never, ever had the opportunity to finish and write their chapters. They heard the call. They felt the urge. They were excited to go. They saw the open door. And they would have gone through. But their adversaries... Their obstacles, their fears, their fears of failure, their fears of being rejected, their discouragements. They all would have to be endured. They all would have to be hurdled. Thus the vision and the opportunity that God gave them, the doors that God opened, 
they faded and sacred callings were abandoned. Am I speaking to anybody today who God had his hand on you to do this, do that? Was there a moment in your life whenever you felt inspired, when you felt like God was nudging you a little bit? Go higher, go higher, do more. But there were many adversaries. There are always going to be adversaries. There is never going to be a time in this life, in this world, where you're, you're going to be without adversaries. From the time that Christ was born, the adversaries started to hunt him down and wanted to kill him. It's part of the package. You hear me? If we're going to be a better church in 2023, amen. If we're going to be a better church, if we're going to be more effective, if we're going to do more for God, especially as we see the day is approaching, Here we are standing in the archway of a new year. The old year is gone, and however much we may wish to live parts of the new old year over again, the old year is gone with every opportunity missed. But the door of the new year has rolled around again. And what we have to do is forget about our regrets, break some of the chains of the past, bury the pain of missed opportunities, and say to ourselves, 2023 is going to be the year for me. I'm going to have a better year. I want to go higher in 23 than I did in 22. I want to do more for God. I want to feel God's presence and power more in my life. I want to feel like we're achieving for God. But there are many adversaries. And one of the adversaries you've got to deal with is the one that you see when you look in the mirror. Paul's Focus was so on Christ and him crucified. His head was so much in the cloud. His desire to do things for God just swallowed him up. How many believers will go blindly into the new year without a thought that it is another God-given door of opportunity. Church, where's the incentive? Where's the inspiration to want to go higher with God? To want to get closer to God? To want to do more for God? 
That thought just enters our mind and it goes right out. Because we are satisfied with the place that we're in. We're satisfied with church as usual. And yet, the opportunities, the providence of God is opening up doors for every one of us. And as though God is saying, I dare you to walk through it. Think about that. Church, don't let the God of this world blind your minds. See the new year as a move closer to eternity, as we move closer to eternity, as a great door of promised blessings and benefits. We ought to be saying, we ought to be praying, we ought to be thinking. The, the more that we see that the darkness and, and all the things that are happening in our country, we ought to be saying, help us, oh God, in this coming new year to discover more joy this side of heaven and give us eyes to see that there are open doors everywhere. And give us the grace to walk through that door. Open doors are continually in the providence of God. And every door that God sets before us is a signal to move forward. It's a signal to advance. I remember when we left years and years ago, and we started a, 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 a church, and, and the first message that God gave me was out of Exodus, where Moses was crying to the Lord. And the Lord said, Moses, wherefore thou criest unto me? Speak unto the people that they go forward. What's going on out here will shut us down, will paralyze us with fear. This world so occupying our time, it's unbelievable that we have any time to do anything for God. But we've got time for this, that, and the other. What do you want to see done in 2023? And here's the promise I want each of us to walk out of here clinging to it for dear life. Revelation 3.8 Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. Sure enough, if God is inspiring you, leading you, encouraging you, and every message that you hear, every prayer that you pray, you feel that still small voice saying, walk through it, son. Walk through it, daughter. God, how many of you believe God's got more for you to do? And how many believe we can go higher with God? If we don't have that desire that Paul had, nothing's going to happen. And God does not leave us where he finds us. Right? You want to have a great new year? 
Listen. Then don't leave your post. Don't leave your path. And don't leave your place. God gave you to manage. In plain English, don't go all AWOL. God's given us a place. He's given us a position. He's given us a post. Whatever you mismanage, you lose. That's the principle of the kingdom of God. It's in Matthew. It's in the ten virgins. It's everywhere. The Lord gave to his servants, to one servant five talents, to another two, and to another one. And he told them, now go. I'm going away and I'll be coming back. But you go ahead and multiply your talents. And what happened? The Lord came back and the one that had five talents, he multiplied them and he had ten. And the fellow that had two talents, he multiplied them and he had four. God expects you and I to keep increasing. And then he came to the one and he gave him one talent and he said, oh, I was all worried and upset and I went and I hid my talent in the earth. And what happened when the master came back? He said, thou wicked and slothful servant. You lazy thing. You had the opportunity. You had the opportunity to take a talent and multiply it and do more for me. Bring more glory to my name. What else did he say? Cast this unprofitable servant into outer darkness. God expects you and I to do more. And listen, thank God we have good services and there's a good presence and preachers that come in and testimonies and things that go on and the wonderful songs. God has blessed us. And sometimes when people come in here and they say, oh my, what a church. I wish I had a song leader like Sherm. I wish I had a choir like this. I wish I had that. I wish I had this. And we hear that kind of thing and we say, oh man, we're just satisfied. We're the cat's meow. But the truth is, if we don't keep moving up, we're going to start moving down. And this year, there are going to be more enemies come up out of the earth, out of the bottomless pit. No Bible foundation. You've never seen so much foolishness, so stupid things that are going on. Whatever you mismanage, you lose. You mismanage your marriage, you're going to lose your marriage. You mismanage your body, it may kill you. You mismanage your time, you know what the saying is, 
Time flies. Time is one of the most precious gifts in the world that God gave us. Why? Why is time so precious? Because it's fleeting. Because it's flying by. It's not stopping. And if you don't walk through the door that God has given you, that time, that opportunity is gone forever. Why? Because James says, what is your life? That's why time is so precious. What is your life? He said it's even a vapor. It, it appears for a moment and it's gone. And because we're flying through this temporal world, we've got just so much time. You mismanage your money, you're always going to be broke, busted, and disgusted. It is no secret to why people are the way that they are. What's the problem? They are bad managers. There are people that can't manage their lives, their money. Is anyone alarmed about how much kids are mismanaging their time? Our youth got a bullseye. Even the infants in the womb, they have a bullseye on them. In a 2017 Gallup poll, which is even worse today, kids are spending less time playing outdoors. You know, I always said, that got that beautiful ball field. I don't see the kids out there playing much. Man, every day as a kid, I wanted to go out and play ball. I wanted to do something outdoors. It's not that way anymore. The devil's coming up with new games and new ways to kill time. Kids are spending less time playing outdoors. Gallup found that children and young adults spend an average of almost 19 hours of their free time playing on screens per week compared to 10 hours spent playing outside per week. Screen time has risen dramatically in 2015. Kids consume six and a half hours of screen time per day. Computers, smartphones, tablets, Xboxes, TVs, video games rule the day. Not to mention all the other activities. 
that are encroaching upon God's time, that are encroaching upon our worship, encroaching upon our spiritual duties. Some parents are concerned their kids are not spending more time connecting to nature. They even gave their lack of interest in nature a new name. Now they call it nature deficit disorder. The old saints used to say to the kids, look, go outside and let the wind blow the stink off of you. Get out of the house. Go play. Remember those days? But now the devil's got a new play going on. You got a cell phone. You got a laptop. You got a TV. You got a computer. You got an internet. Last night, I got to talk to the Russian. He got to help me. I got to put some kind of block on my phone. And I'm trying to spell words, I'm trying to find scriptures, and all night long, things flashing up on my phone. Not all bad, but some, there was just enough skin. Oh, let's see what that's about. And all you got to do is put your finger on the wrong spot. And the devil will get you by the throat and blind your mind, blind your eyes, and a spirit will jump all over you. Some parents, they say all this stuff can lead, especially Xboxes, can lead to physical fitness, less physical fitness, vitamin D deficiency, bad health, even suicide. This world is full of mismanagers, but those who mismanage the care of their souls are the worst of the worst. And to emphasize the value of our souls, Jesus himself said, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world? but lose his own soul. Lose his own soul. We are all individually responsible to manage our own souls. This world, with all its entertainment, savvy and shrewdness, has millions of souls, young and old alike, frantically chasing the winds of lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Some statistics are alarming. Christians spend six hours a day watching TV and maybe 10 to 15 minutes a day reading their Bibles and praying. No wonder so many believers are full of the world stuff and not the kingdom stuff. What am I talking about? I'm talking about bad management. Listen to Genesis 2.5. God tried to take care of this problem. The last phrase of verse 5, or yeah, Genesis 2, verse 5, God said, and there was no man to till the ground. There was no man to work the garden. And two verses later, the Bible says, 
Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into him a spirit of life, and man became a living soul. And now God had a manager. And he put Adam and Eve in a paradise. And he told them to manage everything. Till everything. Take care of everything. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. That was there to show God and to show them how much they really love God. You can have all of this, but don't touch this one thing. You touch that one thing, thou shalt surely die. You got all the fruit of all the trees in the garden. You've got all this to manage. You've got paradise. You've got it made. There was only one tree that was forbidden to eat from. Just one. And they couldn't manage it. I want you to see what one act of disobedience can cost a child of God. Daily fellowship with God. God came down every day in the cool of the day. They lost it. My greatest fear is we will lose the presence and the fellowship of God. Paradise, the most beautiful place in the world to live. They lost it. Eternal life and happiness. They lost it. Open doors to righteousness, peace, and joy. They lost it. Open doors to start a family. They lost it. Why are some people so useless to God? Because they want to leave the place that God gave them to manage. They want to leave the gifts, the callings that God gave them to manage. Such doors are continually in the providence of God. And what are they there for? to advance, to move forward, to go higher with God. Open doors can translate to open minds for more truth. Why are some Christians stuck in their progress with God? Why aren't churches going higher why aren't believers going higher? Why aren't there more blessings and more glory in the camp? If the truth were known, many are walking back of light. How many 
How many times, how many of us have heard people say or seen things like this in our own life? There are people that would never have done that. They would never have lied and cursed and mischurched and failing to let brotherly love continue and holding bad attitudes and getting lazy in spiritual duties. They would never do that. But today, what they wouldn't have done 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, all it took was time for the devil to break us down. I'm closing. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2.10, and I'm paraphrasing, just plain old sloppy living and no urgency for the love of the truth will cause God to send people strong delusion that they should believe lies and be damned who believe not the truth. You see all this that's going on out here? Where they don't know the difference between a man and a woman? And they want you to believe a man can have a baby? And all of these pronoun changes? And all of this nonsense out there? You know why we're seeing so much of that? Because people didn't have a love for the truth. And when you turn your back on truth, God says, okay. You've convinced me you can manage your own life. So have at it. And look at them. Look how they look. Look how they act. Look how they dress. Look how they appear. Look how they think. Look at what they believe. It's nothing but darkness. It's nothing but confusion. They brought stupid to a new level. So here we are in a new year. Whoever's going to close the service, you can come. So here we are in a new year. And it's going to open up new doors for all of us. And my challenge is, let's ask God to open up to all of us a door of greater usefulness for our Lord this year. Paul had that desire. He had everything, but he had that desire. All he wanted to do is anything and everything he could do for God. And I'm not saying you can't have a normal life, but our priorities have gotten mixed up. Let's not, as we near our time of crossing over, 
Let's not look back with regrets, wishing that we might have used our opportunities more faithfully to bring others to Christ and ourselves closer to that likeness of Christ. It has been said, and it's well said, that a pessimist is one who sees difficulty in every opportunity, whereas an optimist sees an opportunity in every difficulty. Let this church be a year of seeing opportunities rather than difficulties. If we have eyes to see, there are open doors in 2023 everywhere. You've got enemies all over the place. That's why John said, they came down with the word of God, the chain, the Holy Spirit. They bound the devil for a thousand years, just a long period of time. Christianity overcame polytheistic religion, paganism. Hundreds of ways worshiping idols and the stars and the moon and the sun and worshiping this and worshiping that. All that multiple nonsense. Christianity cast the dragon, paganism, down. But then another beast rose up out of the sea and gave this beast his power, his seat, and his great authority and uprose Roman Catholicism. And for 1,200, over 1,000 years, there was only one way to worship God. You had to do it the Catholic way or burn at the stake. But then if you read the Revelation, the 20th chapter, it says, then Satan was loosed. And another beast came up out of the earth and had two horns, looked like a lamb, but spake as a dragon. The dragon gave his power and seat authority to the, the beast, and the beast gave it to his image. And up rose man-made religion. And things got very confusing. And now, they're coming out of the four corners of the earth. They're not just religious enemies. They're religious and political enemies. And they're coming up out of the four corners of the earth. They're numbered as the sands of the seashore. And who are they looking for? They surrounded, they circled the camp of the saints. That's us. The beloved city, that's us. I was talking to someone the other day. We got into a conversation talking about how bad things are. 
And this individual said, well, I don't judge. I don't judge. Do you ever people say, judge not, lest to be judged? Try to quote the Bible. Oh, then nobody can say anything that's right? Nobody can point to a source of authority and say, this authority, the Word of God, says this is right and that's wrong. This is light and that's darkness. This is good and that's evil. This world don't want anybody saying anything about how anybody lives. And look how they're living. Every man is doing that which is right in their own eyes. But God sent them delusion that they should believe lies and be damned. That's what's out there facing us every time we want to go a little higher with God. And I said to this individual, why do you think God gave us the Ten Commandments? If people would just obey the Ten Commandments, it would change this world overnight. When you take the source, the foundation, the Word of God, and take all of that out of the picture, you have nothing but chaos, confusion, and darkness. That's why we're seeing stupidity at a new high. God's way for 2023, it's the best way. It's the only way. Amen? How many want to go higher with God in 2023? Well, there's three of you. Thank God for the three of you. But I know you all want to. Don't run from the place. Don't run from the post. Don't run from the path that God gave you to manage get a little more serious about the things of God. Amen. Would you like to stand?